0: Hello, this is Frank Posner on episode one of a podcast. There'll be two purposes to this podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to preview a class that other teachers might consider taking. Um, Why would they take this class called Connections and Calming Strategies? Because, well, I think anybody on planet Earth could use some connections to calming strategies lately. It's been a little bit stressful here on Earth, Um, but... Also, if you're a teacher looking to take a class from Learner's Edge, I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview about the main ideas of this course. And uh, the other element is that uh, I'm doing this as my kind of like capstone final presentation of the course, is to make a promo since it's a real life application. So, what we'll talk about is kind of the main ideas of the course and what I take with me and what you might be interested in learning more about. So, first, we talk about a big topic called somatic awareness. And then we're, which has a lot to do with a person and how we have to think about ourselves in, in a place so that way we can manage ourselves. Then I'll talk more about the stressors that go on and the uh, things inside of ourselves. And then we also have um, the ways to try to combat it, like maybe leaning into stress or, you know, heartfelt engagement and uh, practices of mindfulness. And then uh, the goal is to get to resilience and think about when we have all of these together in, our, in ourselves, and our practice as a teacher, what is that going to look like in the classroom? And what is the end result? And who will we be? And will kids associate with us? So from the top, somatic awareness. So we exist with ourselves and what's going on inside of ourselves. And then we also have the kids. So the classroom is us and the kids. And really, we are a community together that has a goal. You know, so uh, the kids have a lot of emotions. They have families. They might have drama. Um, I teach high school. So when I do a lot of my examples, that's what I'm referring to and thinking about. And then kids also have abilities and challenges for abilities. So when you get into the academic elements of things, they will, you know, could have responses based off of them feeling confident or not or stressed out based off what they can do or be challenged by. And also they have social abilities. So that's, that's the same as an academic one. You know, for myself, um you know, I have expectations for the classroom academically, but I also am thinking about the kids and their needs and what they have, and I also have other things going on where you know how many emails have I received lately, and what is it else that I have to do today? uh meetings that just popped up, and if you're a teacher listening to this, you are probably familiar with that, and then we also have personal lives, you know families uh, responsibilities outside of the classroom, you know sometimes. I was in middle school for a little bit there and you get this feeling that the kids think you live at the middle school and that's your house and you don't exist outside of it. Uh, But we have personal lives too. Um, So somatic awareness is think about ourselves and what we have going on ourselves and what we have going on inside of us, but also, you know, chemically, but also, you know, um, emotionally and the place is another element of somatic awareness because we have senses, right that's really what this all comes down to is so how we can we use our senses to know what's going on around us to put it in a better place so when you're in your classroom how do we use our senses uh, for sound you know the acoustics of a classroom can help for that you know try to make the room better you have what you ha- you know sometimes the room is cinder block and um there's not a carpet you know it's like this perfect thing to just have a cacophony of sound at all times uh, that is not good you know so we need to think about how we can use be be easier almost on our ears, you know, to help the place be better? How can we arrange things in space? People have uh, the ability to kind of, you know, how much space do you need personally, things next to you. Um, Sunlight is another thing that we sense that we don't really pay attention to. So there are ways we can think about the classroom, um, the physical place and how that influences us. Uh, What we need to do is be honest and accept the fact that all of these things, they do have a way of connecting in making us stressed or to help improve that, make us calm. And when all these things go together, that's when we're really working on that big idea of somatic awareness, ourselves in a place and being aware of what we're sensing, maybe not, maybe it's going to be more fine tuned into what we're sensing so that we can help ourselves. And then really start to notice how the kids have this going on as well. Um, And they might not be able to or gets all these levels at that stage of their life, or everyone. But still, for us to know that that is going on will certainly be helpful. So what does stress look like? And we're thinking about, you know, what is it that our body is sensing? You know, so somatic awareness is our self, and our body develops ways for it to survive. With the limbic system, we think about the fight or flight system, where we also have another one called the freeze system. So I'm going to go over a couple of examples about what the, this means, you know, and how, why, why would our bodies develop this to survive? So these are not necessarily educational examples, but these are more personal ones where I've, I've very obviously noticed it in my life. So um, the fight reflex, you know, what is it? Our body develops a way to survive or to conquer. You know, so for me, I was sleeping and I'm laying in bed, and all of a sudden I hear something, and I just and and I wake up from the dream. And what happened was I wound up throwing something at the wall, but really it was just my wife coming to bed. Um, and I remember her, it was like, Whoa, like, you know, I was, my, you know, heart's pumping and we'll talk about adrenaline later. Uh, another time, you know, I'm laying in bed and I'm having this dream where I just, I can't move. I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere, but I want to like, man. And the next thing I know, I'm running out of bed and I'm in the hallway. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I don't know. I was just dreaming. So that's the flight reflex that our body has. Um, and then the freeze one is a little less talked about, I think maybe because we just like to say fight or flight, but freeze works as well. And I'm going to stick with the same scenario of, you know, you're laying in bed, you're peaceful, and then you hear a noise and you just freeze. You know, if I just stay here under the covers, a little kid pulled over my head, no one will notice, you know, I'll be okay. You know, our body has a way of freezing. And basically it's, I just recently read a book about a guy who's going on a walk along the Appalachian Trail, and he references all these things, and bears come up, you know, so one of the ways to survive some bear attacks is to freeze and play dead, Um, but sometimes you can try to run and survive. Depending on the bear, it's very odd, but um, what you should or should not do, Uh, so again, this is not for the purposes of bear survival, but going over the fact that our body has developed systems for survival that are a little bit extreme, and it's the fight the flight or the freeze reflex. And now let's see what that might look like in the classroom. You know, so this preview of the classroom, and you might be thinking about this is you know, what does the fight look like? Well, I think kids are really socially sometimes trying to survive. You know, there are interactions with each other where they don't want to, you know, be perceived weak. Uh, And then sometimes as the teacher, you're trying to Work with a student, but you don't want to bring something up in a way where they feel challenged. You know, so a fight reflex could happen. And you'll hear, I teach high school, and I'm sure others will tell you, you've heard some things come out of kids' mouths sometimes, and you're like, whoa, like that was bold. So maybe, but maybe it's a fight reflex that's kicking in. Um, the flight reflex is, I think, in you know, a lot of times for kids, they must just try to withdraw. Um, they think about leaving the room, you know, as an activity that they can't quite do. I mean, there have been times where there are kids who every single day they just want to go to the bathroom. And you're trying to figure out why, but it, it's maybe some sort of flight reflex. Um, another time with freezes, I think kids, they put their heads down. You know, they don't know what to do, so they just put their heads down. You know, they put the hoodie up, and then they put their heads down. Don't bother me. You know, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to notice like they can see me. Um, so these are systems that are we do to try and survive, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's stress going on, and there are actually you know there are uh, chemicals. And hormones going on inside our body, inside of our body, that you know, there's something is has developed in a way where it's to survive, but it might not necessarily be great long-term. So things like cortisol or adrenaline uh, can be released in our brains and in our uh, systems that we could try to you know, survive. You know, so adrenaline is probably the, a very obvious, notable one where you could feel it in your heart pumping, but cortisol pops up in research, and we can see that. Um, It's developed to help us overcome stressful situations, but too much over time can be uh, corrosive to our our lifespans. And, you know, we can see that through the study of adverse childhood experiences that people that have had a lot of things young might have problems with their heart or um, stroke and other things much earlier, like their 30s and 40s. And a lot of it has to do with cortisol uh, and how the body needed it to get by at the moment. Dopamine is, uh, more of the happy drugs and things that people talk about that our body releases naturally to feel, you know, uh, better. So when we, when someone laughs at a joke, sometimes maybe we get a little bit of a dopamine, you know, some of that social interaction, um, which is why it's good to, with your classroom, with your kids, are you okay? Can we lighten it up or do what do we need? You know, a little bit of dopamine helps. Um, but sometimes we can, you know, we might develop, uh, Needing too much of it. If you think about how we can use our phones, what it can give to us when we're clicking, or just, I need to listen to this next song. Um, So, there is certainly a line in a way that you have to figure it out. But sometimes music can help release enough dopamine to help you concentrate, or none, depending on the student. Another one is oxytocin. So, I think about this a lot with teenagers, how they're very much in tune with their uh, emotions and their, you know, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and interests of that nature. Uh, and that it really it's kind of like this hug drug type of thing that our body has where uh, we feel better when we get a hug it's, it's oxytocin might be released you know, a, a welcomed hug not an awkward one then then other things will be released uh, maybe a fight or flight movement why is this person hugging me um, but for the most part you know that's something that goes on inside of us so when you look at your students sometimes you can start to be aware what are they doing in their space if they're sitting there and they have their arms you know both of their hands at their elbows overlapped um, look they're hugging themselves and We don't always notice the ways that we have tricked our bodies into making ourselves feel better. Um, Serotonin is another uh, chemical that is released that can make us feel better. And a neat little strategy I saw is uh, a way to lean into stress with actually gratitude. And how can you be thankful when you've just lost something? I always uh, think of athletes when they fail. You know, the good ones that have the grace to not, you know, act the way you might want to act if you lose a game or you just got cut and fired um the athlete that says i want to take a moment to thank everybody you know they name their coaches their teammates and you know the the fans and the you know everybody else and and it's a weird thing because i know sometimes people are cynical and they don't know if it's real or not but the serotonin release inside of them is when we practice gratitude it makes us feel better so um Thinking about ways that kids can be thankful for the, what is going on inside the class is is certainly useful, but you know you don't want to use it inappropriately. Um, so, how do we lean into stress? Because what we're really going to try and do is develop some sort of heartfelt engagement with kids. So, um, I'm going to give you a scenario, and you are going to be asked to think about what would you do, and then if something changes, what would you do? And you can think, about what would I do, and what I want to do. I'm, it's perfectly honest. You'd be safe and saying what you're thinking by yourself. So here's the scenario. You're the teacher and there's a student that you see in your class that already has a failing grade um, and you wonder if this high school student has COVID educational disillusionment, uh, which basically means that, you know, they're old enough to look around and think, does any of this matter? And the student does need to pass and the student has already told you they plan on going in the military next year upon graduation. So does it does do I need this particular class? I'm already in the military. I'm going to be a marine, and you know that the kid had eighties and nineties last year, but this year they've got thirties and sixties and in this moment when you see this kid, all this is on your mind, and you just see them in your class on your phone, just on his phone, just going through it and Oh, one more thing, how long does the kid actually have in class- T- class time is not as a, as what we thought it was, you know, so maybe this kid is only going to be there twice a week there's some kind of hybrid schedule and you get two days a week with this student and all this is going on what is going on inside of you what do you think is going on with you know is there dopamine <laughs> or is it cortisol are you being stressed are you thinking about expectations so what's going on inside of you? just take a second to think you just saw this kid sitting there on his phone when you're thinking what are you doing Well, I'm not sure what you thought, but maybe as the music is playing and the sense of your hearing has helped you lean into being a little bit more calm and taking a breath. Uh, Because when this happened in my class, I did not want to take a breath. Uh, I can tell you that I I had a moment where I could have gone for the adrenaline rush and the, you know, you throw the pen down and the stone cold Steve Austin music's playing and the glass is breaking in your head as you're going to, Just light this kid up and let him know what a mistake he's doing with his precious class time. Thankfully, that is not what happened. That is not what happened. Um, How do we lean into moments to maybe have some heartfelt engagement? And I do want to point out, it would be awesome if we had the heartfelt engagement that we see in the movies that changes a whole classroom in one year. But this, I think, is kind of just a smaller sample size that is kind of practical because you know, when, when I walk towards the student, I walked normally. Um, and when I the students sitting at his, his desk, I, I wasn't towering over the kid. I'm about six feet tall. I actually kind of leaned down a little bit and spoke normally. And I focused on behaviors instead of how I felt. You know, I was, I was aware of how I felt. And that's why I didn't talk about it. And I just said, you know, you only have so much time and there's a lot of things that you can make up. If you're not going to do what we're doing right now, please do something. Do something else. I'm okay with you not doing what we're doing right now. Because in my mind, I'm, I'm wondering if he doesn't like what we're doing. We we're trying to have a, a class discussion. So I was wondering, like, maybe there's something else or I'm giving the student opportunity. So I just said, basically, please do something. But this time is precious. And I'm letting you know that. And when I walked away, I was like, all right, no idea if this worked or not. Uh, but I know that I did it. I would not have been able to do that if I didn't at least practice being aware of some myself in the moment. And I looked back, the the kid's hands were on the keyboard typing on his Chromebook. So I'm thinking, okay, it must've worked enough. So now let's go back and try to think like, if you're the kid, what's going on inside of him? You know, somatic awareness, you know, he's sitting in in his seat and I'm just, you know, spitballing. I really don't know other than taking these educated guesses off of what I've learned from this course that, you know, maybe he's sitting there and getting nothing, no dopamine whatsoever, because he's not, you know, there's no, no any good, uh, releases of chemicals in his brain for what's going on inside the class, maybe ideologically, or maybe he's just focused on other things. So in the absence of nothing, I did not, you know, when I walked over there, maybe a little bit of angst. Oh no, the teacher's getting close. Uh, but if I would have spoke, it could have gone more, you know, then that angst could have turned into adrenaline. And then once adrenaline kicks in, then maybe, you know, there's less rational responses Uh, so by as I got closer and just spoke normally and I wasn't in a a and I was not in an authoritative physical stature um, I'm hoping that the kid kind of calmed down a little and then the words were able to walk across that emotional bridge of hey why don't you work on something else it's okay got this is all the time you have you know the idea was able to get through because the emotions were just stable you know we didn't we didn't blow anything up Uh, again i I'm thinking that that's more somewhat practical, a way to lean in and have engagement. Because the kid just, he looked at me and he nodded. He didn't give me any more words or any other affirmation. Um, So we have to lean in to stress. All right. So um, mindfulness is another practice. And mindfulness is a place where you see science and you see religious practices secularized and, and overlapping um when you think about um people talking about uh breathing and thinking and mantras uh so it's a pl- it's a space that we acknowledge the fact that something goes on in our bodies when we're able to breathe calmly and in that calmness we just think about something that wraps up the the big idea of what we're trying to do so for the kids in the classroom It's about giving them the time, maybe just a a moment. I I remember I had a a particularly rambunctious last period group of freshmen one year. And I just turned the lights out and said, everybody, you have to put your heads down for five minutes and just, you know, think, relax, do you. Even if you fall asleep, it's okay. I'll wake you up in five minutes. You know, that aspect of knowing somatically that there's stuff going on. Uh, for me, and mindfulness, um, like I said, there's some religious element and aspects which i 'm not going to go into too much detail since it 's not the primary aspect of this, but for me, I just think about times about where you're the big idea of being a teacher is that it 's our goal to try and get the kids to be on our side, and we 're really not in this to conquer anybody, so when we have things that help us breathe better. And help us think about the big ideas. And when we do this on our way to work, or maybe in a few minutes before the day starts, you know, our body starts at a nice, calm place. You know, you're not exhausting your body. You're not pumping it exclusively through caffeine and not getting, you know, just going right to work, although I do love coffee. Um, it's just that aspect of trying to use something to help our bodies come to a place. Um, and then what do we do with that? You know, you want to you build resilience for kids uh the idea that they can get over things have strategies so this course talks about strategies and how you know what identifying uh things that might set you off you know what for a kid too as well you know if they start to think about you know their somatic awareness you know do noises uh have them think about uh how they behave do they have like behaviors do that that they don't like or if someone else says something you know, So they need to start being aware of it to kind of build hope because if you don't see your failure coming that really takes away your hope so when you build a strategy to know how to bounce back from it that grows your hope uh, and you do all this really you're being compassionate to kids so what does this look like you know what's the big idea you know so the big idea of connections the calming strategies the way i see it with the somatic awareness is that you're able to be in an environment Aware of yourself and what's going on inside of you, so that way you can then be aware of your kids, what's going on inside of them. And then as the stuff changes, inevitably, you're able to monitor and manage the situation. Um, I'm going to use an inverse example to kind of finish this off here. So, inverse means like an opposite that kind of proves what we're going for here. You know, so if somebody had seasonal allergies and their neighbor just mowed the lawn and they go outside, someone would all of a sudden, through their senses, pick up that this is not going to go well they might sneeze scratch their eyes they're like oh you know there's something going on within them inside of the place where they are because there's chemical reactions going on um, that they're just not going to be successful or reach the expectations so the inverse of this is when in school you are around a teacher and you know That, oh, you know what? I can calm down. I can be in a safe space. And they're going to be there for me. And if something comes up, they are calm. And they know how to strategize. And they use these things. So that's kind of what the purpose or the goal of this class is, is to go into more details about this than this quick uh, podcast. But it's going to help you know what would you be getting out of it. And you get some uh, in-depth science, as I mentioned before. And I just named a few different Hormones and chemical reactions that go on, and it talks about stress and ways that you should, you know, maybe lean into stress and ways to practice behaviors that can, you know, help kids be more aware of themselves in the moment because I think that's all we need, especially as the moments get a little crazy and we uh, may feel a little bit overwhelmed. So, I hope you appreciated this. This was podcast number one. Frank Bosner signing out.